Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the DeSerto Talk Show. I'm your host, Richard Lewis, and I'm entering into previously uncharted territory by me. Uh, this is something completely new because I'm sat down with somebody who is going to be the first professional Fortnite player I've ever done in a long-form interview. And it, well, start at the top is what I always say. Uh, it turns out he's the highest earning uh, Fortnite pro uh, as of June. Uh, it is, of course, Bizzle, who plays for Ghost Gaming. So uh, thanks a lot, brother. Uh, I'll, I'll set up the um, interview just by saying, sounds like you're going through some crazy shit right now because you're actually without power in your house. Mm-hmm. So, so what's uh, going on? So yeah, uh, I'm from Long Island, New York, and uh, we were just hit with this thing that's called, I forgot the terminology, but it's something that's small, it occurs fast, it could be worse than a tornado, so it came through my town, knocked down a bunch of trees, power lines, and I've been out of power for three or four days now. It was supposed to be on yesterday, but I think they forgot about something. So uh, my neighbors actually have an extension cord running across the street to my house. And then I have another one going down to my basement, which is where I play from, where I am right now. Um, so it's always nice to have really nice neighbors to rely on just in case like something bad like this ever happens again. Yo, well, let, let me tell you, I've got old friends who we, we booked to come on this show. People who've known me for years, and they've stood me up like two or three times, right? For no reason, just because they can't be bothered. So for you to do it in the middle of a fucking power cut, thank you. Very <laughs> much. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what a great guy. No um, so look, uh, I'll, I'll start by just asking a, a, a general question because as I alluded to at the start, you know, I, I think Fortnite's in an interesting time uh, it's the biggest game in terms of casual play it's the one that has all of these incredible crossovers just i think today uh, they've got the stranger things uh, announcement going mm-hmm. on and yet in terms of esports it kind of sits alone it hasn't quite developed yet uh into what i think it could be um so how connected to you as a pro fortnite player are you to the rest of esports, like how aware are you about the rest of esports? Because I know a lot of guys from like Counter Strike and you know other games. They always go mm-hmm. Fortnite esports, lol, you know, and kind of play it down. So are you guys kind of connected? Uh, I think we're completely separate. I know, like my past, I've come from other competitive games, and that's what's fueled my competitive drive. Uh, I started with Call of Duty Ghosts. That was my first competitive game, leading into Advanced Warfare, then quitting that for Counter Strike, getting into PC gaming. Um, and then getting used to mouse and keyboard for years and years. But uh, I think Fortnite's completely separate. It's it's a new game, obviously. It came out in 2017, so the competitive scene's still building up and everything. Um, but there's no, like, years and years of practice like Counter-Strike pros. They've been playing the game for 10, some 15 years maybe, like some like the well-known names, NIP, whatever. But... Uh, Fortnite's just started like the best players are known and I think right now people think the best players are the ones who are all qualified for World Cup which I don't think is true but the whole world sees you qualify the World Cup you must be the best player in the world so uh that's how it works right now you know everyone qualifying for World Cup and uh it's only 200 players 100 solos 100 duos uh 50 duos but uh it's definitely a separate esport. It's nothing like we've seen before, even with PUBG or other battle royales. 
Yeah, I kind of um, got to say, like, all the normie crossover bullshit kind of, you know, it's like it's good because it puts a lot of eyeballs on, you know, just esports in general and gaming in general. But some of it, it, it comes with a downside because there's a lot of people conflating streaming, entertainment, and competitive play. And, and I think that's actually does a huge disservice to the pros because streamers you know, they don't have the same practice regimens that a professional competitor does. Um, and they, they, they make way more money, you know, you know, at the very top. Yeah. Lot of cases. Overall. But yeah, um, that's how, uh, that's how Fortnite started. Like the summer skirmish tournaments were the first yeah. like big tournaments. And the only people invited to them were the popular content creators, streamers, people who were always getting high views playing the game. Like weeks one and two, I wasn't invited. I couldn't get in. Week three, I got an invite from someone else that I knew. So uh, I wasn't actually invited until week five of Summer Skirmish. So that was the hard part about pros getting into these like really, really good tournaments. Like you can make a lot, a lot of money off of them. Like first mm. place, I think you're winning like 30 something thousand dollars. So it's something that everyone try to get into, but it's all your views and how well known are you in the community? Yeah, I always thought that was like a really kind of weird thing because it, 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 I, I can't think of a competitive scene that I've ever been involved in. I, I've been involved in many down the years where it's, you know, I've started at the grassroots, I've been there at the beginning. I can't think of many that are so sort of clout focused where it's like you say, people want to know not how good you are or have you got any sick clips or have you played on any good teams or with any other players. They want to know like about your metrics, you know, they wanted to know about how many followers you had, how many, uh, you know, Twitch subscribers and, and stuff like this. Um, are, are we kind of breaking free from that now? Do you think? Um, I think so. I think they're just, they're trying to focus on what's the best competitive strategy or best format for players to use in these open qualifiers. Uh, I still don't agree with the open qualifiers as everyone's doing for World Cup. It's obviously a little more random. You're not playing against the same players. I think in a battle royale, you should be playing against the same exact players in a series, and that's the way to determine who the best players are. Agreed. But uh, that's not the way we have it right now, and it's unfortunate that it's the biggest tournament that like we've ever seen, $30 million in it. And uh, hopefully I can perform in solos since I'm not qualified for duos. But, uh, yeah. We'll get into the World Cup stuff specifically. Actually, ahead of this interview, I got the full rule book and I had a look and you know, I got some thoughts there, but we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. First, I just want to talk about Fortnite esports in general and why Epic Games have the approach to it that they do. Because one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of these big companies, you know, Activision Blizzard do it, you know, um, Riot Games have done it in the past. They all seem to have this very weird, arrogant streak when it comes to esports. Like, now you've got two decades of knowing what works, knowing what doesn't, knowing what people like, know, you know, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned. And Epic Games don't really seem to want to learn any of them um they do things in a very unconventional way and unconventional isn't always good and i've done a Fortnite event myself you know at wsoe yep talked to a lot of pros there and there's a lot of frustration with the way epic games handled handles their esports scene so just give me um sort of a broad overview about you know about some of the issues 
uh, and some of the things that they do wrong uh, speaking as a competitor? Um, so just off the start, I'm saying that I think Epic doesn't really involve their orgs too much or like Ghost, Phase, top orgs. Uh, they like reaching out to the players individually instead of these teams or whatever. Um, I think they're afraid to do like squad events, which what I think would be the best like game mode. You'd have teams against each other, build fan bases around these certain teams. But uh, Epic's always had that envision of just working with that one person like if they're going to an event, help them travel, mm. help them do whatever they need to do. Um, but leaving like the orgs out of it, they've all, they've never like contacted my org ghost or anything. Um, it's all through me. I think that should be changed. I think if they want the game to last, I think that's been shown in other games. Like the thing you were saying, like a competitive scene is what you need to have a long lasting game, like 10, 15 years down the line. That's what Counter-Strike has. That's what I always like refer to. Like the top teams have, I went to Katowice. It was my first Counter-Strike event. I was there for Poland and they're, they're filling up a stadium and people are chanting these guys' names. It's, it's insane. Um, I think Fortnite, I don't know if Fortnite would be at that level. I hope it does, but you never know. I think the way they're going right now, uh, it won't, I think they need to change what their approach is to, these future events and I know it's also different at Battle Royale. We've never seen a as big as a Battle Royale as this. Uh PUBG plays at the WSOE studios like every week. They have a really cool setup there, but uh I'm not sure if like the viewership is there as other games as Fortnite well, has. I'll tell you firsthand, you know, I I obviously don't work there anymore, so I can speak a little bit to it. Uh I mean the, the viewership's and un- has unfortunately been very poor. Um, for the product that that gets put out, and I, I, you know, I worry about BRs holistically. I worry about all battle royale games because it kind of feels to me a little bit that the 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 no one harnessed a, a decent esport or a decent format while the fad was at its peak, and now mm-hmm. we're starting to see this kind of natural decline as people are getting distracted by more and more shiny things, and um, it's only the hardcore that are left, and I. I don't think we built anything with the when when we were at the top, you know. Yeah, I think uh, for Fortnite events and viewership, I think their peak viewership so far, I think was TwitchCon. I think that was the best tournament they've had so far. Um, best qualifiers, I know there's there's even issues there, but because uh, they're adding new things to the events like days before. That's how every tournament's gone so far. Yeah. And I think that's something to take up on too. Like TwitchCon, they just added redeploy like a, day, a couple of days before. PAX West, they had the Gravity Zones, which made a huge glitch one game and they made it play another one, which I liked because I won the game that they added. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of things that they keep adding. They added boom boxes when we were playing at WSOE. That's what they um, did to us here. So I hope, I hope, I hope for World Cup that they're not going to add something on that day and give us weeks of practice on the same meta before the biggest tournament we've ever seen well just on that topic uh i I mean fingers crossed because i i think it would show just such huge disrespect to the competitors for a 30 million dollar top we're talking fucking life-changing money Mm -hmm. and if you're just gonna throw a wild card item in but i mean look I, I said beforehand when we were running the the event at, uh, at WSOE, I said they've got this history where they, you know, they 
do like throwing these curveballs ahead of tournaments. I, but I'm, I'm sure they won't do it now because like everybody complains about it. And then the day of the, our tournament, I got pulled into a meeting. And now our, um, you know, one of our VPs was there and going, right, if there's a new item going to be in. I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah, I'm sure and, it messes and, everyone up. Yeah, well, but, it, but it's, it's deliberate at that point. You know, they're mm. deliberately doing it. And, and it's like, I, I remember League of Legends pros complaining about patches that were being made, you know, in the middle of a season where you would have weeks to maybe adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Epic were putting in new items for a competitive tournament the night before. And then we don't get practice on some days before. Yeah. So not... In- whatchamacallit, at uh, Katowice, when they changed the map. Uh, they changed the map, not even an item. They changed the whole map the day before a tournament. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I wasn't messed over, but, like, some of my friends, if you know Liquid Chat, Liquid 72 Hours, yeah. their, like, landing spot, their spot that they practiced the game on for the past year got destroyed. It got cleared out and changed. So, uh, uh, like, I don't know how. That I guess I don't understand the importance of stuff like that that goes into a competitive game. Um, but I don't know. There's nothing to do but hope. Like, we try to talk with them about it, and I think their competitive responses are not the best. They try to do some stuff on the Reddit page, which I don't really use Reddit, honestly. Um, I'd rather than reply to, my, reply to my tweets, help reply to my DMs, tell me what they can do to help every pro in the scene. But uh, hopefully it gets changed one day. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, on the plus side, it looks like they're maybe focusing a little bit more on the esports side of things. You know, bringing in Nate Nanza, who was the commissioner from the Overwatch League, mm-hmm. suggests to me that maybe they're going to put a bit more structure in there. But what is the feedback process like then? Because uh, in CSGO at various times, Valve come to an event and they say, hey, we'd we're going to have a meeting if representatives want to come and hang around. We'll have a roundtable format and talk about some things. Riot Games do it in a much more structured fashion. And in the Overwatch League, it's sort of done almost like China. It's you know, very dictatorial. <laughs> um, so what's it, what's it like uh, trying to have the channels of communication up with Epic Games? Um, so there really is no communication about in-game items or anything that we think could be added or edited helped that could make a competitive scene better. Um, Like they could have asked any, like we're all in discords together with some of the Epic staff. I don't want to name them, but Mm. they always try to work closely with some of the pros. They'll try to run test games sometimes. Well, before we had custom server access, they used to run custom games for us. We used to help them test stuff out. Um, like when zombies were in the game or when they were trying to figure out when they wanted to add mats on kill, HP on kill. That's when like we would go into a lobby and help test them. Mm. Um, but for feedback, they haven't really asked us anything for the most part. They've never really asked uh, what the best format is for a World Cup tournament. Um, they never asked if they, like we wanted this item removed, if we think anything should be changed uh, they're pretty much on their own over there and we're basically just the ones that have to play it. So, mm. um, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the other, uh, uh, issues that you've kind of brought up. I mean, 
Well, actually, before we even get into the specifics, I mean, everybody watching this interview will, will know that you're a very outspoken player. Um, I would say by any esports standard, actually, because what you'll find in most competitive scenes, people get pissed off and they'll go on Twitter and, you know, they'll complain about whatever and cry and they won't really think about it. But it, it'll just be like kind of whining. You know, like, for example, in CSGO, all the pros will be, like, whining about the org or, you know, some gun that's OP. And Val mm -hmm. probably see that and, that, you know, they just laugh it off, right? It's not that big a deal. When you get wrecked by something in the game, it's very hard to keep perspective. And, you know, people tweet out frustration all the time without really thinking about the bigger picture or the proper channels. But then when it comes to meaningful criticism about the way that developers do business and the way developers have a roadmap, most pros will stay very clear away from that because there's a fear that if these guys want to blacklist you and end your entire career, well, they can. They can literally mm -hmm. just insist tomorrow, right, well, Bizzle never plays another Fortnite tournament and, and you, yeah. would have, you would have to respect it. So are you ever fearful of being as outspoken as you are? Uh, I'm not fearful of it. It's more of just... Um showing my love for the game i do i still play the game every day i still love playing it it's what gets me out of bed it makes my money so it's something that i don't want to stop doing any like harsh criticism i give is because i want the game to get better and i want to see it improve from what it is right now um i think also other games could help fortnite like step along the line faster like when apex came out that was like the turning point from when we got custom server access. Yeah. Before that, we never had it. So we'd have to queue snipe. And that was probably one of the worst things ever. Just three, two, one, go. And like 100 players clicking play. <laughs> um, so when Apex came out, I was really happy. I wasn't really worried about it competing with Fortnite, let alone like just pushing Fortnite to do better and help the players. And Because when Apex came out, it was popular. It was hitting numbers and it was... I'm pretty sure it was beating Fortnite for a while. And then eventually came down, we got customs, and I think that actually helped it. So I hope there's another game in the future that comes out that really just steps on Fortnite's tail and makes them help the players more. Yeah, I think actually, uh, you know, it's interesting you bring up Apex. Um, it, it was, there was so many people telling me that it was the Fortnite killer. And I was just like, guys, I don't think you know exactly kind of what this business is, is like right now. Mm -hmm. um, I downloaded it. I played it. And I just caught myself in a moment thinking, oh, I'm learning another map, another spawn points, more guns in another BR. And there'll probably be another one next week that everyone's going to be telling me to play. Fuck this, I'm out. And I stopped playing it. And then lo and behold, the numbers came in next week and it was just massively down, you know, unbelievable drop in, in terms of viewer numbers on Twitch, player numbers. And, um, you know, even Ninju took like a million dollars or whatever it was to promote their game as saying that he's probably not going to play it so much. And, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I actually think that this is what I mean. I, I think right now battle royales are in a weird place. And I think Fortnite's almost like the outlier because everything else has had a huge drop off. But, you know, even Fortnite is in, you know, it's, it's not made as much money year upon year. The viewership's down. Mm -hmm. there's, there, there's some 
in indicators there that it's not the juggernaut it was last year. If we're, it's definitely different, obviously. It's the only battle royale with like a building mechanic and something you can do that's separate from any guns or drops or heals or whatever. I think every battle royale is basically the same besides Fortnite. I think it's obviously different. Um, it's hard to find differences in battle royales. I don't really have fun with most of them. Like I'll, I used to like PUBG before Fortnite came out. It was a really fun game, real, realistic. But uh, I don't know. Fortnite's different it's kid friendly it's has like up-to-date like dances of like real life stuff like internet and everything but uh i don't know as long as it keeps up with like real life like obviously doing these promotions they've done marvel avengers they've done what you said before what are they coming with the uh, stranger things now yeah. with all these packs and trying to just stay up to date with what's going on in the real world i think they can keep their game going for as long as they want yeah um so let, let's talk a little bit about the world cup then i've got some quotes uh from you all right um, <laughs> well look i, I first off i want to say i i'm in complete agreement and complete sympathy with any fortnite pro just over qualifiers in general for these tournaments, these online qualifiers. I mean, look, the game I'm primarily known for, Counter-Strike, like online qualifiers are considered a joke. And we have anti-cheats and admins and observers. And generally, an online qualifier is a qualifier for a LAN qualifier for an, for an event. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Like we, we, we've tried to phase online play out as much as possible because it cr creates too many questions. And, uh, you know, I could introduce you to some of the best players in the world in Counter-Strike and they tell you the hardest games they ever play are those online 128 open team qualifiers for tournaments where you get banged out 16-2 by some shit as you've never heard of because they're probably cheating their tits off. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And in Fortnite, I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was seeing in these qualifiers. Yeah, there's a lot of allegations, and I'm sure there's there were definitely people cheating throughout these qualifiers that yeah. no one even knew about. Um, well, I'm not even just talking about the collusion. I'm, 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 we'll get to that. Yes. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the hacking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm talking about people banging someone's head off from across the map in, in something that's just completely unfeasible, that cannot be done. And it's being done by players you've never heard of. Yeah, I know before, I haven't seen too many like aimbot allegations or like some ridiculous things in the World Cup. But before these tournaments, we've had like hackers that you can see flying around the map. Yeah. Or like they'll just triple headshot you or something. And you're just watching, you're like, you can't do anything. Like, how is this guy even in my game? Um, the anti-cheats should be better but i think if there are any cheats it's probably like esp cheat something you like see through walls and i don't know how you would detect that i i bet there's at least one person qualified for finals that use cheats because there's so many people you haven't heard of that are qualified for the finals um most of the players that qualified i'm sure you haven't even heard of um i'm sure i haven't um i know a lot of players that have um i think they deserve to be there but uh for the most part, the randomness, like some players, like it's just open qualifiers. Like you said, it's too random. Like you can play better against some people than you can against others. If you don't know how they even play. Um, I'm sure I, I play better against better players than I do against worse players. That's just me. But. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, it, it seems to me it could have just been planned better. I, it, it, like 
why not have why not have you know live take some of that money you've got right you've said you're going to spend a hundred million dollars on it mm-hmm. have some actual live qualifier events where people come in and sit down at computers and actually play against each other and you know if you pay pay to get some of these unknown players out there you you've got the money you can afford it you know mm-hmm. if, if it get like it just seems crazy to have it like some weird throwback to like 2005 yeah that's why i'm confused because twitchcon was a good event that's how they did it yep. they had multiple stage qualifiers so you had to go there in uh wherever twitchcon was san jose i think it was and there was four heats and then i think the top players from the heats qualified and they played against each other to qualify for the finals and then the final matches were really good um they were it was probably the most competitive tournament we've ever seen at TwitchCon, and I think that was the best run thing yet. Um, but for World Cup, we have semifinals, online qualifiers, and the finals online qualifiers. So it's only two stages, and that means you're qualified. Uh, I know Chap suge- suggested an idea that um, instead of semifinals day one, finals, and instead of taking the top, let's say, six players for solos on any East, they would take the top 100 put them in a custom server against each other and play with them against the series, which is what should have been done. Um, but like we said before, that Epic was not asking for any input for pros or anything. So I think all this could have been avoided. All the hate towards these open qualifiers could have been avoided if they just reached out to pro players and asked for our input. And we definitely would have loved hearing like they wanted help from us. Like that's what we wanted. Mm. Um, so you also the, the the thing you complained about as well as a, in, in addition to like you say potentially you know there's a lot of potential for cheaters to kind of slip through and um uh, you know that that's a problem that yes you need to handle it on a software level i mean like even pubg seemed to be getting a handle on the radar hacking phenomenon that was going on over in that game I think Epic are a little bit behind the curve on on dealing with cheats, but but I would also say, for things like ESP where it is quite tricky, um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing back the eye test, getting in, you know, Epic Games having a, like an anti-cheat team that's specifically watching all of the players and seeing everything that's going on and, and being absolutely sure that there's nothing suspicious or untoward. But you also complained about the format. Um, and I've got, like you say, I've got the quote here. Uh, joke of a qualifier, uh, you said. Uh, this is last month. Mm-hmm. Shit format that doesn't show who the best teams are. Uh, rushed into a tournament you weren't ready for. Never asked for ideas from players. It's just a joke. So, I mean, that those are very strong words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, w- that must have been after a duo week where me and my partner didn't qualify a D-mail. Yeah, um, was, uh, correct. So, yeah, it's like playing these tournaments every week just gets you more frustrated and frustrated when you don't qualify. Um, the format is every kill is a point. So you need to, in a real competitive game, if you look back at like the real good duo tournaments, TwitchCon, the other skirmish tournaments that we've had, if you're a duo and you're winning a game with like four to five kills, that's insane. That's really good. Um, but now in these qualifiers, you need to be averaging at least like six to eight Elans a game, if not pushing 10 a game. Um, it's not realistic to what real competitive play is in Fortnite. It's more of just W keying and 
trying to like it's also like low ping um fortnite's never been at this state where you needed such low ping with wall replacing if you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah um basically taking someone's wall and making a move on them before they even realize that you've taken it um that's something that i think should be fixed i don't think it should be in the game it shouldn't be allowed it's basically an exploit and no one's talking about it people think the best players in the game are the ones who can take walls from other players um it's not realistic it's only ping that's the only thing it is and that's what qualifiers turn into it turned into wall replacing and how many kills you can get per game mm. that- um and and like like you say, you've been frustrated with the game for a while. Um, you actually did say in April. This is the thing that made me like stand out when we were kicking around ideas of Fortnite players to interview. I was like, well, I, I definitely uh, I've got to talk to this guy because um, you actually talked about um, quitting the game in April, and uh, you said I um, I, I want to play count. I want to play fucking Counter Strike. <laughs> uh, which i was like i mean first of all I've, I've seen some fortnite players try and play counter-strike the good news for you is i you know i know you've played counter-strike in the past so um you, you'd have a head start on most of the fortnite competition if they came across but um i mean is that has that ever honestly really been a serious consideration because there's a lot of money in fortnite right now mm-hmm. and to walk away from that would be would be dumb. Yeah, in most people's classifications, it would be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with like, I obviously wasn't, I wasn't meaning I was gonna quit Fortnite. That wasn't my meaning behind the tweet. It was more of like me being frustrated, and you know, I'm always trying to play Counter Strike. I'll play like a game or two a day if if I can. Um, but that's a game I just play now to just relieve stress and get off of Fortnite whenever I can. Uh, it's a game I look forward to playing because I don't get to play as much anymore. But uh, that's what I meant behind it. I'm not obviously mean to quit Fortnite with all the money they're throwing. And like, even when I stream, I always get my my most viewers when I play Fortnite, obviously, since yeah. people want to see me play that. So not leaving anytime soon. But uh, yeah, one day. Yeah, well, did you get much of a chance to hang out with the Ghost Gaming CS guys? uh not really the only time i really met them they were uh at the ghost office when i was out there for secret skirmish and they were uh playing in their iem Sydney qualifiers so they were really busy the whole day the whole weekend so uh it was cool like just knowing that they're in that room and like they're playing Sydney qualifiers and like those are pro players i used to watch all the time and just seeing them like next to me that was always pretty cool but uh obviously they're not there now um so hopefully ghost will get another cs team i I love watching counter-strike and it's something i wish i can root ghost on for yeah well he's still got wardell on the books so he's yeah yeah. he's a team of one at the moment but Mm. they need to find him four friends i'm sure they will um so look i I, as i said i i got the uh i got the rule book uh for the world cup and i was like taking a read over it um because like i say for those that don't follow Fortnite that, that are watching this you know this is a 30 million dollar tournament it's had some shit show qualifiers so i wanted to see what the rules uh were looking like overall and there was there was a few things that again i don't know how aware you are but i I, i've been told all players and all teams have got the rule book by now yep um and there was there was this thing where uh about gear where they were saying yeah you as a player have to submit a list of your gear to Epic, mm-hmm. and 
they don't guarantee they'll supply the gear you want. Um, it could be that you might uh, be forced to use Logitech equipment. Yep. So the way they have it is to ensure that there's no like temperament on the mouse and keyboard you're using or whatever. Mm. They want to be able to buy the mouse new from the supplier and basically just be the middleman and give it to you at the event. They don't want you to bring your own mouse, which I don't agree with just because me, I use a 2016 final mouse as my preferred mouse. Um, they don't sell anymore. It's out of stock. So I won't be able to use that mouse that I've been playing with for years now. I've literally bought like five, I probably bought 10 of them over the years just because they're sold out buying them from used people. Um, but it's still my favorite mouse. So I'm forced to use a different mouse for this event. Um, I'm on the Zowie EC2B, but, uh, basically you submit the mouse that you want to play with. They order it and hopefully they get it to you. But, uh, they have backups there just in case they don't get your mouse. Uh, the G403 was a uh, decent mouse. I used it as Secret Skirmish. Um, so I could use that if I absolutely needed to. Um, but I'm sure like you understand like the importance of a mouse and of like the practice behind that goes on it. Like I want to be able to practice on it for months and months at a time just so it becomes like second eye to me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, look, we, we've got this obviously in, in other esports too, uh, but uh, it's a tough one because I, I agree. I think in an ideal world, your equipment should be coming out brand new, unboxed, uh, presented to you by the tournament organizers and you play with it. And then at the end of the, uh, you know, day's matches, they take it back, they put it into a hermetically sealed environment and you know, that's just how it works in that way. But, you know, because we've seen you can put cheats on, on a mouse now, you know, you, mm -hmm. well, you've been able to do that for a long time. It's not new. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't want somebody using one of those like, small FOV aim, but, you know, whatever it is, uh, which they'd be more than capable of doing. You could smuggle it onto a mouse and $30 million is, you know, to some people might be worth the risk. So I'm sympathetic in that regard, but equally as well, um, the idea of a player going into the biggest tournament of their lives, having to play with unfamiliar equipment and maybe not having uh, advanced notice that they're going to have to use a mouse that's completely alien to them, that doesn't strike me as ideal either. So it's a tough one. I, 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 don't, know what, I don't know what the right solution to that problem is. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it is either. Um, I feel like if we were to bring whatever equipment we wanted – and give it to them days in advance. Cause I know we're going to be there early. There's going to have other events there. Um, is it possible to have a guy like literally look at the mouse, take it apart, see if there's nothing wrong with it, nothing tampered on it. Mm -hmm. So I can use what I want to use for a tournament, a $30 million tournament. Um, but uh, it's better than the other events. PAX West, we were forced to use a G502. Uh, Twitchcom, you're forced to use the G Pro wired. So one was like 140 grams and one was crazy small. And I have big hands, so that was terrible. Playing on a mouse that uh, th those events were a mouse were terrible. At least there's options this time. Yeah. Um, G403 is obviously an okay mouse, it's not great, but uh, forced. But I don't know. Hopefully, they can figure out an easier way to do it in the future. I'll oh, probably still early, they're still trying to learn how to do stuff, but uh. Um, there was a little bit of good news though because there was a rule saying that you um as a player could use like whatever video settings um 
you you wanted uh, you wanted to use, which is which is a change. I think I think in the past hadn't uh, Epic Games insisted that you had to have fixed uh, vid- video settings as determined by them, but now you can use like any settings or resolution, unless they tell you otherwise for the World Cup. Is, is, uh, is that so I'm pretty sure we're not allowed to use stretch res. Uh, I'm not right. sure if you know the whole thing about stretch res. Uh, so before like World Cup, if you saw any pro streamers they were playing stretched res it was like an option that allows you to see more it changes your game model and it looks a lot better for me um some people didn't like it but uh um so secret skirmish you're allowed to use stretched res i was playing my my resolution 1280 1024 i've been playing that since the start of fortnite um and then when world cup qualifiers came along they basically locked us on the 16 by 9 resolution so we couldn't use stretch res anymore they locked us on a fixed fov of 80 and it's it's hard to get used to i've been getting used to it but i'm definitely a better player on stretch res or a bigger fov and i don't know why they haven't changed it yet uh secret skirmish was the best land event that epics run so far they've had it was a test event for world cup with their stages and everything um I'm not sure why we won't be allowed to use stretch res there um, since we were allowed to use it at Secret Skirmish. Um, Interesting. But that's um, the biggest so thing. Ha- have they specifically said that to you then? Because I, I, the, the rule I got here is uh, 8.2.1.5 uh, unless otherwise instructed by an event administrator, players are free to use any video settings and or resolution that they wish. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know if I don't know if stretch res is something specifically that they're they're like preventing you from using or um I think as long as it's locked on the sixteen by nine resolution. Like I use sixteen hundred by nine hundred, but it's still locked on sixteen by nine I mean sixteen by nine. Um you can play twelve eighty by ten twenty four while still locked on that sixteen by nine. So I'm pretty sure that's what they're talking about. Um they won't let us use another stretch res or an FOV change res for this event. I'm 90% sure. Um, but I think the settings that they're allowing us to change are basic stuff like uh, render distance, whether it's like anti-aliasing, uh, textures, effects. I think it's more the lo- more lines of that stuff. Um, so we've focused a lot on the, um, you know, kind of ne- negative uh, issues, you know, because I think I'm like you, you know, I, I, I see a big game. I see I see a game that wants to be an esport it's like guys there's you need to change quite a bit here i i get it we can all pat ourselves on the back because you know we've got an nfl crossover or whatever but you know there's there's people that want this to be better than it is but it's also got to be said i mean um 30 million dollars being put up for, for for one event um that everyone's telling me they've got all these like big plans behind the scenes for it and it's going to be rad and it's you know going to be on a level like the international in dota 2 that you know and everything else um you know that's that's a big commitment mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm i'm guessing uh a lot of people are looking forward to the to the event not just because of the money but also because of the uh you know spotlight it's going to shine on all the people who are there yeah, it's going to be a big event. So luckily it's close to me. I'm from Long Island, so it's at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is about 40 minutes away from me. So it's nice. Uh, apparently the stadium is going to be filled up, so that's going to be pretty cool. Obviously, like it's going to be like a circle arena, 
with like the players facing the outside. So facing the spectators, um, like it's been their whole plan to set up an event like this with a whole, it's like, this is their whole event, their secret skirmish, all their practice has gone into like this one event. So hopefully the actual event, it's going to have like a creative showdown solos and duos. Um, a lot of, a lot of creators coming from every side of Fortnite. So hopefully the events can be fun no matter how the tournament plays out, but, uh, I'm still looking forward to it. I can't wait for it. Mm. Which part of it are you, are you most looking forward to and, and which, which which part do you think will say more about you as a player? Because I know you've got a a long-standing partnership uh, in duo tournaments that's very successful. But obviously, there's a three million dollar prize up for grab in the solo event uh, mm-hmm. as well. So um, j- just take me through kind of the mindset. Because that's another thing that's weird about Fortnite. If you're a Counter Strike player, you're in a team. Mm-hmm. You got four dudes. And they and, and they they are your team, come hell or high water, for good or ill. In uh, Fortnite, where you have duos and solos, uh, you know sometimes you find yourself being a team player, and other times you find yourself being a lone wolf. Yeah, it's definitely instead of like a team, it's more of a mindset going into one game, especially for solos. It's more of playing your game, playing your landing spot, and just doing everything right with doing nothing wrong. Um, taking shots from other players or pushing bad fights is what determines how you're going to do that game. Um, but every solo event I've played and I think I've done pretty well. I think there was one solo tournament I didn't do it too hot. I played like 30-something. That was upsetting. But uh, for the most part, I'm pretty confident in my solo play. It's a little more random from team games. Um, it's definitely more random from duos and especially trios or squads, which could be the focus after the World Cup. I hope it is. Um, but now, it's definitely still a team. It's not a team game, but uh, I think duos is a lot of just working with your partner. And it is a lot of teamwork. Even if it's only two players instead of five, like Counter-Strike, it's still you're practicing every day with that same person, getting to know them extremely well and knowing their play style. It's even more important to know like your teammates' play style in duos compared to like a squad event or something else. Because if you lose that player, like you're alone. Like You have to know what to do and how to handle yourself. So um yeah i'm just i'm psyched for the solo event i can't wait for it um but i've had a lot of preparation going into it and i still have a lot of research to do uh, about like who's going to be in that tournament and who i'm going to be playing against yeah i was going to say that's obviously another thing right like there's uh there's still a long way to go before we really know what's going to be uh going on and who's going to be there and who you're going to be up against right so Mm -hmm. real hard sort of just sat there having to kind of wait uh, for the biggest tournament yeah. uh, of, of your life and sort of having to do a lot of, um, a lot of guesswork. Uh, are you anxious about it at all? Because it's a different kind of pressure to what you've been used to up until this point. And again, just to be absolutely clear, as of June 26th, you are the top earning Fortnite pro, you know, above the likes of Tifu. Um, so there's a reputational aspect now, right? Uh, of course. Uh, obviously, um, after Secret, Secret Skirmish was the last solo event, uh, I came in first place there. So going into this event, I really want, obviously, I want to win. I want a first place, but it's a battle royale. I understand you can't win every single event. I'm going in there hoping I get top five with the amount of money that they're throwing for solo event. I just, anything, anywhere placing top 10 is, will be insane and I'll be happy. But uh, obviously, grinding for that number one spot. Uh, that's really all I want to do. 
Um, so what's interesting right now is as well, I mean, Fortnite's kind of uh, playing a much bigger part in esports than I think people have anticipated because uh, the Tfue contract situation's been in the news. Everyone's been talking about this. Uh, and I think it's an interesting one because people only really started getting signed, you know, like we're talking two years ago. Uh, getting signed to orgs, big orgs, that knew Fortnite was going to be something, but didn't know what it was going to be. And the game blew up, and, and and you've got people who are household names, but they were on contracts that sort of like blew my mind um, with how bad and and uh, how low the salary was in some cases. Like when I saw the Tfue contract, the one that everyone's talking about, like the idea that a Fortnite player of, of his caliber, even though I know he wasn't big when he signed the contract, two thousand dollars. It it seems like jump change. Uh, yeah. So when teams started getting signed in Fortnite, I know this this is the same thing for me when I signed to Ghost. Uh, we signed before any tournaments came came around. So before I think the Friday Fortnite even started, before uh, the summer skirmish tournaments, uh, we were still signed. Um, we understood that. They're like, like Epic was trying to get their way into tournaments, trying to figure out what the best way was. So we did agree to like a low salary off the start. And then these tournaments came around and we kept placing extremely high and we kept doing extremely well, growing and proving our names as like ghosts. And that's when ghosts came to us and they're like, yeah, we understand that your contract is not as good as it should be. We're going to go ahead and help you guys out. We're going to increase your pay and everything and increase our like involvement with you guys. Um, like every ghost player has made like a big contribution to ghosts and we're helping grow their org. And that's what Fortnite can do. It's been like massive for ghosts and massive for all the players that they've signed. And uh, it's been good. I think for everyone involved. I know obviously it can be difficult for as a pro to speak out about another pro situation so i don't want to put you in anything you know awkward and, um but but yeah you know, yeah i i figured you're a forthright kind of guy um <laughs> but the 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 way the whole tfue thing has played out to me i've been covering it right from the start ah oh, it, it's been like horrifying in a way because it's like a throwback to when esports was the wild west kind of era that i came up in um, you know, in the early noughties when, when contracts meant shit and it was like a bunch of failed businessmen who wanted to play at, you know, running a business and, you know, young impressionable kids that could play games and broken promises everywhere. And it mm -hmm. was kind of like that up until 2010, if I'm being honest. Uh, but yeah, just seeing the way that the phase have kind of handled it is like really shocked me because it, it seems like that you just in these situations, I know like Tifu obviously knows it was a shit contract. He knows if he could go back in time, he wouldn't have signed it. Mm -hmm. um, but if somebody wants out and there, there are problems, potential breaches with the contract, why would you want to drag this saga out? It, it, it's like, it's just cast such a negative light across all of Fortnite, in, in, you know, in my opinion, talking as an outsider. Mm. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, I think like 
the worst part about the whole Tifu situation was like him and Banks were like, they looked like good friends. Like they sure. were there with each other all the time. They were doing videos and trying to collab whenever they could. But uh, from Tifu's side, I understand like his frustrations. Uh, obviously, like he said, he was in renegotiations with a new contract for months and just nothing was getting done. So I understand that. I understand there was like a decent amount of time when I was renegotiating, but uh, I was never thinking to myself that I wanted to do something what Tifu did to FaZe. I never wanted to like, I never had anything to expose Ghost for or anything. So I've never been in that situation where I felt I need to get out of my contract. Um, that could have been like just specific to him. But uh, it's hard knowing that like someone's going through that in the pro scene that uh, I obviously can't help him with the whole situation. But uh, I was playing with him the other day. Uh, I don't think he had any bad intentions trying to hurt like his friends that he's made in phase or anything. But uh you never know what the real story is, but uh, I haven't well, looked too much into it. Either. There comes a point, I think, where everyone has to be selfish to a certain degree mm-hmm. in sports. You know, it, it it's like, look, if I'm if I'm if I'm a player, and you know, like let's say I'm Brady, right? Obviously, I love the Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots drafted me when uh, it looked like I wasn't going to get drafted at all. If you know, people know his story. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they drafted all those QBs before him, and the rest is history. But it doesn't mean he sits down and goes, hey, you know, I love you, Bill. You know, I, I love you, Robert. Um, I love all my team. So fuck it. Just uh, just rip me off. <laughs> just rip me off. So I'm just happy to be here. Of course not. He, he gets his agent in, and he goes, look, we, we just did another Super Bowl, and it doesn't matter that this motherfucker's – 40 years old if you want him for another year it's it's you gotta pay him and they're gonna go you know what yeah okay you're right actually um and it's it's gonna work out um with with tifu it's a little bit more unique because i think he understands that there's there's a short window to build something and if it's true that he wants to build his own org may or may not be true i've heard conflicting reports on that he knows he's got a very limited window to get it up and running Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with Fortnite's popularity, you know, taking a hit, which it might spike again after the World Cup or whatever. So I'm I'm mega sympathetic towards him because if he doesn't think about himself, he could end up another, you know, washed up esports guy who who didn't make his paper. And I'll tell you, there's a ton of those in, in Counter Strike. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different. Um, what what am I trying to say? So. You said Tifu is trying to start his own org. I'm not sure if that's possible. I'm not sure if that's what he wants to do. I, okay. I heard he said that he doesn't want to do that, but you never know. He just, uh, could be saying that. I don't know. But uh, he's always been speaking, uh, speaking about uh, how orgs are taking these percentages away from players, like for the World Cup winnings. He was always like emphasizing, don't sign to an org because they're going to take all the, they're going to try and take 20% or whatever from your tournament winnings. Mm-hmm. But it, like you said, he wants to start his own org. If you want to do that, how would his org make money if they're not taking from their players? I feel like every org has that. Um, if it's not to a certain percentage, I mean, it doesn't have to be 20, but uh, whatever it is. So if he wants to start his own org, he's probably going to have to take from players. So I don't see how that would be a thing, mm-hmm. but uh if that's what he wants to do, which no one really knows, props to him. That'd be pretty cool. He's gained such a huge following in such a short amount of time. He's got millions and millions of followers and everything, subs. His stream is insane. But uh, that's something if he wanted to do, he definitely could. I don't think that'd be a problem. Like, as Nadeshot did when I followed him, he made 100 Thieves and 
that org's taken off. It's yeah, popped. It's, it's awesome. It's uh, growing in Fortnite. And they got like Valky, Valkyrie, uh, Courage, and some great other competitive players behind 100 Thieves. So uh, if he wants to do that, that's all him. He definitely could, I think, if he wanted to. But uh, I guess we'll find out in the future. Yeah, and then you have these weird situations where it was like, you know, you're getting that 11, 12-year-old kid to drop a diss track on him, and it's like... <laughs> You think about the uh, you think about the audience in Fortnite. You think about mm. how you know we both know it skews younger. Uh, the 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 cynical, the, you know, the level of cynicism it takes to do that, and then what you're going to say publicly? Oh, but it's all family, and now here's a member of that family to <laughs> come and smear you yeah. uh, to a bunch of kids. Like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I just. Again, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Like, not even in the, the dark old days. I mean, this is like, it's on another level how yeah. ugly it's got. I think with Fortnite, it's just a way to get views and stuff on YouTube or get likes and stuff. Like, those videos, like, even if they're not meant to be hurtful or anything, um, they're going to be spread across any social media. Everyone's going to want to watch them. Even if they didn't like it, they're going to want to watch it at least once. Um, but like Fortnite's been a way to just get crazy amount of views. I think it's the only game that you can really do that and grow as rapidly as some people can on this game. Mm. Like I've like, I have a YouTube channel. I, I don't post on it regularly, but I post like a couple videos of me qualifying without guns. And those videos get insane amount of views. Um, I don't think I could do that with any other game. It's just specifically Fortnite is just has this opportunity that reaches to like a huge audience because everyone knows what it is. Like mm. my parents, my grandparents, like my little cousins, everyone knows what it is and they're going to want to watch whatever. If Fortnite's in his name, if Tifu's in his name because Tifu's associated with Fortnite, it's just a way of growing yourself and however you can do it, go for it. Yeah, I had a, I had a theory actually as to one of the reasons why Fortnite was popular and it, it's kind of linked to what you were talking about, how it's unique with the building mechanics. I feel like a lot of kids that kind of came up with Minecraft, again, I'm, I'm like way too old for that shit. <laughs> I, I used to have some friends uh, when Minecraft came out, right? You know, like slightly younger, but similar, similar age, you know, like a few, just a couple of years younger or whatever. And they were playing Minecraft. They're like, what are you doing? And, and they'd be sat on like, uh, shit, I think we used, I don't know, Ventrilo or whatever it was back there. And, and they were sat there. And you could even go, oh, come on, Baz. I'm going to get these diamonds. I'm like, <laughs> the fuck is this? I, I grew up in a mining town. I'm not going to be playing, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be playing a video game where I go mining for, for, you know, in my recreational time. But um, I, I think that building mechanic, it's like, where do you, what is there now? Like, where do you channel that? And I think the kids who come up on Minecraft, they have that kind of like quick, um you know grasp of the concept of you know mine, mining something building and then you put it in a competitive environment where it's also got the the shooting component and then you add on top of that the battle royale format it's almost like the perfect gumbo of stuff to appeal to that younger generation i think i think that's one of the reasons why the game has been you know the runaway success it has it's like married together Definitely. so many elements that work yeah, it's just a combined mesh of everything that's been great. Like you mentioned Minecraft. Minecraft on YouTube was like yeah. the most popular stuff for years and years. Like you saw multiple like million dollar creators on Minecraft. Like I didn't really play it that much at that time, but that's where all like the YouTube gaming views were at the time. So 
maybe that creativity of building what you want, transferring over to Fortnite, and then obviously the shooters and all the like new and unique guns they add, like clingers, like a sticky grenade or whatever they're trying to add. Uh, but also like bringing like guns, like AKs, scars, M4s, like other like known guns from other games, just being able to like, what's, what's the word I want to use? Like the reference of just knowing how the game works or the ease, like people realize what's going on pretty easily. So mm. uh, and the, the real question for me is um, if, if Fortnite is actually going to be like the, the gateway drug for esports, you know, the kids going to come in, they're going to play Fortnite. They're going to have fun doing it. They're going to learn about, you know, ladders, competition, um, skill set, meta. You know, you're going to learn all of this, like, little sort of, uh, you know, skill set. Are they then going to, you know, let's say Fortnite goes away in a few years. Will they graduate to other games? You know, that, that, that's the interesting experiment for me. Um, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. You think so? Uh, I think... I've seen games like fall off. I like, for instance, Call of Duty. I don't think it's still like the viewership it used to have. I think it used to be a lot more popular, like MW. Like, I, obviously not. I think Ghost was a good competitive game for Call of Duty, and I think Advanced Warfare came out. And I think I'm I'm not positive on the numbers, but for myself, I feel like it just wasn't the same to watch. Um, but people transfer over to other games all the time. I think games lose interest of whatever. Um, Minecraft's obviously like a dead game now. Um, no one really plays as much as they used to. Um, but I think after Fortnite, if it ever ends, which every game has to end at a certain time, I understand that. Um, but something new will come out along the lines, just, just how the business works, something new, something better, something people want to see. Mm. Um, and what about you? Because I have this thing where I always try and gauge, you know, wh whether or not some people are in it for the long haul. And and again, I'm talking about esports here. I'm talking about the competition, I'm not talking about streaming, uh, which I'm, I'm sure you could do and would do if uh, there wasn't any Fortnite. But it takes a, a unique kind of personality to want to get into another game and you say the game that they're known for, the game they're good at dies, they go into another one. And we've seen it with, you know, there's been a few people mm -hmm. I can point to. Uh, so what about you? Let's say after the World Cup, Epic Games come out and go, hey, you know what? We're just going to get rid of competitive uh, Fortnite entirely now and we're going to put it all in a Rocket League. Uh, um, what, what do you do? Do you pick up a controller or...? Uh... I love Rocket League. I've played it once in a while. It's a hell so of a game, right? It's yeah. so fun. It's hard, so hard, but uh, it's really fun. But uh, I'm not sure what I would do if Epic came out and they were like, we're not going to do any more competitive tournaments. We're just going to focus on casual play and hope you guys like it. Uh, I'm not sure if I would either go full-time streaming on Fortnite or try to go back into another competitive game I liked playing, like Counter-Strike or something else. I think Counter-Strike is the only option. I could right now maybe battalion if that picks up which looks like a cool game if it ever got some more viewership and everything but uh i think that one might be uh dead in the water honestly i i, I agree with you i i got a lot of friends who play it and uh people wanted me to get into it right at the start and i think i even know some of the developers over there but um 
I don't know, dude. I, I think, again, we, we have very small windows because mm. every week there's a new game, a new fad, a new streamer, new influencers plugging something. And if you don't, if you don't stick the landing, then you're not going to get to go on another flight, put it that way. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is that makes a game stick like Fortnite has. Like, other games have come out and been better in viewers. Like, Apex yeah. was beating Fortnite, and then it just fell off. I'm not sure what the factor is of what makes a game, like, playable and hold that viewership. Like, Battalion looks so fun. It looked like it was going to be a game's, like, rival Counter-Strike. It looks so fun. It looked like a mix between old-school Call of Duty and Counter-Strike and, like, something new. Because I, like, I would love to play a new Counter-Strike. Global Fence has been there for years and years now. Mm-hmm. But a new one would be like, I'd be like, ooh, I want to play that now. I want to play it all the time and get really good and hopefully I can be a pro like really, really fast as soon as it comes out. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. Fortnite, hopefully it lasts. But uh, it's, well, it's crazy. I, I, I think as well, you need, you need to understand that um, very often uh, competitive scenes – really do outlast the sort of casual scene i mean for sure yeah you know like starcraft's a good example um yeah no one really has fun playing that game so it's never had a massive casual scene but starcraft 2 uh you know it was very very popular uh one of the top games on twitch but then as it slowly started to fade out you still had so many top level pros so many tournaments for years and years and it's kind of like that with counter-strike i mean counter-strike's still a very popular game but even after it's gone free to play it's not like you know it's not above PUBG or anything so and and it's all but it's kept alive by a really vibrant competitive scene and and lots of tournaments and a dedicated fan base will tune in and watch the games every uh, every week yeah it's probably the best fan base I've ever seen I've also never gone to like a League of Legends event I've never really played that game but those games are getting like hundreds of thousands of viewers every like big tournament stream. So uh, that's what obviously keeps the game going. And I guess all their skins and in-game purchases, that's what funds the game. But uh, yeah, I think hopefully World Cup will reach like a new limit for what Fortnite reaches in viewership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they're, they do like weekly streams of all the qualifiers and they're not getting great numbers, which I don't understand why. But like they're getting like 20, 30k viewers on like these tournaments because like I don't think people I don't think people like watching them. They like seeing those like household names. Like, would you watch Counter Strike if it was random Team X versus Billy Bears? Like, you don't want to see random players. Yeah. I mean, for the, I don't think the average fan does, right? Um, and and then although then you get into this weird area where people used to tune in and watch any old shit if it was like Anders and Semler were doing it or, you know, Henry and Sato or Moses, you know, or if it was like, the and, and it was the same in StarCraft, the commentators like with Tasteless and Artosis, they were the stars. So people would watch, you know, garbage games mm-hmm. as long as you had the top tier talent associated with it. So it's always been a little bit weird like that. Yeah, Fortnite could be like that. Um, I know, like, the big tournaments, they have Dr. Lupo and Courage casting together. Um, they're obviously very known names, and they work great each other with each other casting the Fortnite games and everything. So I would definitely watch a stream just to watch them because they're a great duo to watch and have a good time. Mm-hmm. But uh, for, like, the competitive side, I would like to see them focus on, obviously, the people in the game. So um, I knew before World Cup that, like, you, you're not going to see every known player qualify for both solos and duos. You see, like, 
Teeth who didn't qualify for duos. They won TwitchCon and they couldn't qualify for duos in the World Cup tournament. Yeah. Um, like you, you would think that they should qualify since they won the last major duo tournament, but that's not how it works. Um, obviously, it's not the best of the best going into the World Cup. Um, it's more of like a randomness, like I've said. But uh, I think it's – I'm not sure what it is, what gives Fortnite the viewership, whether it's the casters or the players. But uh, I think it's a mix of both. It is a battle royale. It's got 100 players in the game. So uh, it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, just to sort of put, put a pin in that point, I, I, I think um, you're going to start seeing, like, like a, a divergence. I think the World Cup's going to be a real interesting test case. Because the record of viewership for Fortnite is, they had one, it peaked at 1.5 million uh, on Twitch for the first Pro Am. Mm -hmm. And for the second Pro Am, it was down. Uh, it was about half, actually, if I remember rightly. Um, so I, I, th I think what you've got is, it, you know, influencers, right? Their audience will watch them do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and celebrities, you know, ooh, people get interested. You know, I did a did a celebrity tournament at E League for Street Fighter that had Shaq in it, and you know, it was one of our most watched shows because obviously it's got those guys in it. You know, they want to see that. Mm -hmm. was in there, you know, so I, I I get that, but I but I think what's going to happen is is Fortnite matures and starts to develop the esports scene. It will be guys like yourself, like you know, the the people who. Uh, you, people watch you because of how good you are. Mm. You know, not because you've got a wacky personality. I mean, you know, your personality might be wacky, right? But, you know, <laughs> it, th th they tune in because of how good you are. And, and I, I think when that starts driving it, you know, like we've got the SL1 cologne going on right now at the time of recording this. It's the best teams. People are tuning in because they want to see the best players make the best plays. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they don't care if, a, you know, Dr. Disrespect's going to come out and, you know, like it would just be, it would just be considered too weird. It'd be nice if you made an appearance in a show match or something, <laughs> but if you was actually in tournaments, you know, I think it would actually be a bit of a turnoff to the Counter-Strike audience. So I think that's, I think it's going to be super interesting. I think the World Cup, like it should change everything for, uh, for Fortnite esports, honestly. It's just like th th there's been nothing of this size before in the game. Yeah. Hopefully it's a turning point in the right direction, but, uh, We'll have to wait and see. We have another like three, three and a half weeks till it goes on. So uh, I'm just, I can't wait to play. It's just, now is like a weird downtime in between now and the World Cup. Uh, everyone like wants to practice trios because Epic announced there's gonna be like a trio tournament and everything. So like leading up to World Cup, there's not much solo and duo practice. It's weird because like um, it's, it's mainly trios. I know yesterday we tried doing duos and it was okay, but uh it's, it's just a weird time right now in between tournaments and everything. Well, um, so look, uh, I've, I've had you for your requisite amount of time. So um, we'll, we'll start wrapping it up. Obviously, you're going to be at the World Cup, but um, you know, what are you going to be looking to do uh, you know, long term? Uh, obviously, I know if you win the World Cup, you might retire with all that money. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so what, what, what are you going to have going on you know, in the build up to the World Cup and beyond? So, build up and beyond, it's more of just growing my brand, trying to reach as many people as I can, show how good of a player I am. Um, I'd rather not focus on streaming or 
trying to do more of casual play. I want to be the best. Like I've always been a competitor, whatever game I've played. Um, I don't want to set side away, set time away to streaming and everything. I want to be a competitive player. I want to play with the best players in the world. And I want to play against the best players in the world. Um, I hope they can make that happen for me. Cause I don't think that's the case for world cup, but uh, in the future, I'm going to be playing against the best of the best and just trying through all these different metas, every new gun, every change it's, you got to play every single day. There's never been a game that changes as frequently as Fortnite does. So you always have to be playing and researching like what's the best way to use a certain item and everything. So staying on top of that and just being myself and always trying to be the best that I can. I think it's worked pretty good so far. Just, uh, keeping it going in the future. Mm. Well, look, uh, it's, it's been great. Thanks for making uh, the interview uh, easy for me uh, by actually having like opinions and stuff. That's always nice. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, like you say, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to keep an eye on Fortnite. I'm not snobbish at all about what is and isn't an eSport and never have been. Um, I hate when people would cry about mobile eSports, you know, because like, uh, all the Counter-Strike guys want to do Clash Royale tournaments, you know? <laughs> we don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Um, so, uh, look, I, I definitely wish you all the best for the, for the World Cup. Thank and, you. Um, I'm, uh, it's good that the game has outspoken pros like you to help steer it in the right direction. I hope that's where it gets to. Um, so, look, there you have it, guys. That was Bizzle from Ghost Gaming. Um, again, super cool guy. Uh, one of those people where if I get a chance to watch any Fortnite, I'll be watching his stream and his work. And a guy who has a legit shot at making history uh, at the World Cup when he goes there. So uh, be sure to support him and follow him. All the details will be on the screen to do that. I don't know who we're going to have on the next episode. I'm sure it'll be someone awesome. Uh, might even be another Fortnite player. We're, we're queuing them up. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that works out uh, around the World Cup. But um, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, take care of yourselves.